Hi, <clears throat> welcome to Love and Madness. Uh, this week, we had actually started our conversation on a different topic entirely, and somehow we uh, traveled to my evil stepmother and the whole story behind why I don't like the woman. Um, and a, a little background up until the, the sequence of events that are about to lay out happened. I had no issue with her at all. So uh, sit back and enjoy. I get a bit fired up and it's it's uh, it's all true and it, it's life. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. All right. Telling the story of my evil stepmother. <sighs> Alright, so my dad married this lady and their anniversary was 9, 10, 11. Okay. Okay. Because so, 11, 8, 9. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, yeah, their anniversary was 9, 10, 11. He died on. March 19th of 2015. So, yeah, three okay. and a half years. Okay. The, the, a few months before that, he, he was in Dana Farb in uh, Boston, and I had flown up to, he was having a bone marrow transplant. I, I flew up for a weekend, essentially, and so I spent an entire day with him and just talking, and that was when he said to me, after talking to him literally all day, because I just stayed with him in the room all day, and and he looked at me, and he's like, you know, I just realized something, and I'm like, what? He's like, I realized of all the kids, you're the most like me, and I'm like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> you just realized that now, but okay, Dad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's a long way to go, you know. Yeah. Find that. That takes a little That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I'm glad he realized it. Yeah. It, anybody who knew our family knew that I was the most like him. You know, it, it was just it was just kind of funny because he never realized it. And um, because that. I don't know, he had this idea in a head, his head over who I was. He never really who knew me. Who do you think me. you were? Who do you think he thought you were? I I think he he, he up until that point thought very much about me like like. Nick did that. I was like brainwashed. I don't know. I don't know. In what way though? Like, how were you brainwashed? Just oh, because I yeah, because the politics are different. Oh. Yeah, but anyway. How would you have gotten brain? I don't understand that. Like, you had those beliefs, sort of, before I, you left I, for college, right? You had the basic idea that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. It was it was just like he just. Honestly, growing up, he uh, he didn't start med school until I was four years old. And so he didn't finish his med school until I was eight. He didn't finish his residency until I was 12 years old. And then he went into practice immediately. He was <coughs> not around a lot. Not because he didn't want to be, 
but because he was working so damn much during those years, he just really didn't know me. He didn't know me at all. Right. And and it was one of it was just one of those things. He just didn't know who I was. And so I'm glad we got that time. I'm glad I went up there and spent that time with him because he got to know me a little. And he realized that I wasn't so different from him than he thought I was. Anyway, but that that was that that was that was that was before he passed away. And then the honestly, the this is the honest to God truth. Okay, about I don't know a month before he passed away. Uh, yeah, she had convinced him to because that Costa Rica was their vacation place. Yeah, and she they had gone there before that. Yes. Okay. And so she convinced him to go to Costa Rica, and uh, she was one of these people who was on Facebook constantly taking selfies of herself. Oh, yeah. And the entire vacation... Did she include him? The entire vacation, there was not one picture of him. He spent the wow. entire time in his room... Do you know what that was? That was her, like, Tinder reel. Mm. Fuck. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. And And... He was, he was apparently in a lot of pain. He apparently, he told me afterwards he actually collapsed in the airport on the way there. Because he was going through chemo. He'd been through a bone marrow transplant. And you bring someone who's just had a major surgery. Bone yeah, marrow. Yeah. And. Cross country to a, you know, Central Yeah, he America. collapsed in the airport on the way there because he was so sick. And as she still insisted, he went. He's a doctor. Why didn't he say like, "I'll catch up there"? <laughs> you know. Yeah. He didn't. He knew, and he went anyway. He went anyway. Anyway. Um. Did he catch something? Is that what? No. Part of it? No. No. Um. Okay. He had a multiple myeloma. It's uh essentially a cancer of the bone marrow. It's so it very, didn't get it all last time early. It, it and and by the time they they discovered he had that, he was already at stage four. He he. And that was his own fault because he was stubborn. He was having issues. See, doctors are the worst patients. Yes, and he he, he hadn't gone to the doctor in several years, oh, and and so I mean I can't put that all on her. I can't. But she did not help the situation. Anyway, so about hmm? maybe he knew who she was, but he just wanted her next to him at the end. Actually, uh, he wanted somebody. He was he wanted somebody, but was she attractive for her age? Yeah, I guess so. You think to someone who was a doctor, she'd be presentable? Yeah. Okay. And he, he, she was, I don't know, twelve years younger than him, something like that. It's complicated. I mean, I think she was definitely using him. Well, no, she definitely was, and I was like, we'll get into that, but. Yeah, his his best friend said, I think, yeah, because we talked afterwards, his best friend and I, and and he's like, I think your dad was just lonely. Right. So, about a week before he died, um, I, I was having the feeling that something was not right. He was not being taken care of properly. He was still at home. Yeah, I just, I was worried. I was really worried. And I, I actually told my boss, I'm like, look, spring break is coming up next week. I, I intend to fly up there and try to get shit straightened out. Okay. That was, this was the week before. 
Now, before spring break comes, and my I got in the okay, and I was like, I already had the vacation plan. Well, that Tuesday night before spring break, I got <clears> a call from her, the, the, the stepmom. I got a call from her that um, my dad was not doing well, and I needed to get up there. Okay. So I told my boss, I was like, I got to get up there now. And so I found a flight up to Binghamton, New York, and I was all set to fly out that night, and I got on the plane and got to, where did I get to? I think Philadelphia. I think I made it to Philadelphia, but my plane was late, and I missed the connector to Binghamton. I'm like, well, shit, and I'm looking at the guy in the, 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 uh, at the ticket booth, and I'm like, well, where can you get me? <laughs> and they had a flight leaving to Syracuse. I'm like, that's an hour and a half away. I can make that work. And so they ended up, I ended up having to take a flight to Syracuse and then renting a car and driving an hour and a half in the middle of the night in snow <coughs> um, down to be with my dad. And I got there about 2 in the morning and went straight into the hospital room. Um and my dad was not coherent at this point. And, and yeah, it was Tuesday. And all Wednesday, he was just out of it. And sometime on Wednesday, he like, he, 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 I think he knew I was there. And all he said to me was, help me, which just broke my heart. It just broke my heart. And that. Thursday morning at 11 a.m., and he was surrounded by his brother, and um, my youngest brother couldn't be there because he was too emotionally fucked up by the whole thing, um, but he was surrounded by family, and he just was gone, and so, yeah, that sucked. <sighs> well, that's why I was... That's some trepidation we have. No, it's okay. You know story. Because there's a lot of unaddressed stuff that keeps coming up, you know? Do you think it's unaddressed, though? I, I think it gets opened. But it gets, it gets put opened. back exactly the way it was. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, okay. We both do that. Everyone does yeah. that. But, like, there's got to be a way of not... Well... Not, this isn't a thing about yeah. me. It's, yeah. a, it's about... It seems like it hurts you every time you start talking about anything in the vicinity, including the stepmother... Well, I, I'm going to explain the whole... Sure. Thing. No, yeah. Just yeah. make sure all I'm saying is, like, when the box is open, do something. Like, take it. Use something. Do something to it. Uh, like what? Like, cry it out if you have to. Well, I have. We could, like, yeah. Do you want... you want to pause it or anything? No. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying, because every time you tell a story, you tell it just as strongly. Yeah, but that is because I'm back where I was. I know. That's exactly what I'm talking about, though. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, people do things differently. I mean, um, I don't know. I'm, I just, I don't want you to be sad. It's so, okay. Okay. You're I'm, okay? I'm not, yeah, fine. Okay, let me get up. Okay. All right. I just see you. I'm <laughs> sad. Because you were, you were sad. No, it, it's okay. 
Um, anyway, so he died. And I saw, I saw the leaf. I, I can't say I saw it on a, like, with my eyes, but I saw the leaf. And it was, it was weird because a lot of people were like, oh, go up and touch it. And I'm like, he's not there. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I didn't want to be anywhere near the body. It's just like, it's like, that's not him. <laughs> <clears throat> and, um, and, uh, you know, that, I think it was that evening. Cause, uh, she had said that me and Ken and the kids could come and stay at, at his, his loft before this happened and that day she went out to get her hair and her nails done and she had one of her daughters call me and say um she's not really comfortable with you staying here she needs her own space and I'm like so okay and so she comes back and I'm like so you're kicking me out of my dad's house and she's like well it's my house now so you're kicking me out of my dad's house and, and the thing is, it's like my dad bought this house long before he met her. It's like, this was my dad's house. This yeah. was not her house. I mean, she, yeah, she got it in the will, but it was not, it wasn't like that. It's like, after she already said we could stay there, she's like, no, you can't stay here. And I'm like, oh, okay. She got a bite on Tinder. <sighs> I'm sorry. She's a bitch. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I called Ken up. And I said, I don't know where we're staying yet. I'll find a hotel for us. Because he was already driving with the kids up to be there for the funeral. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, we, 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 got a, uh, we got a couple of rooms at the Hilton. And we got that taken care of. And then, oh, God, this is funny. Um, so... She decided, because my dad was a doctor and he was prominent and whatnot, that she would just ride on his fucking coattails and be the, you know, doctor's wife. And we get to the viewing, um, and she set it up, like, twice as long as any normal viewing because she wanted all the fucking attention. She wanted all the people to have a chance to come. Oh, yeah. And yeah. see her there morning. Oh, yes. Which yes. Was, because oh, it was God. a show. It was a show at this point. And, and... <laughs> Sounds awful. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like, this is why my dad would have been pissed. Because he would not have wanted this. <coughs> so. What are you viewing? Like you said. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah. she He wanted to be cremated. And she insisted that he be buried in a Catholic cemetery. When he, he wasn't Catholic. He is buried in a cemetery. A Catholic cemetery in upstate New York. He's not Catholic. Anyway. What was, what was he? Anything? He wasn't anything. She was Catholic. Gotcha. And she wasn't a very good Catholic. But anyway, she she was Catholic. But yeah. whatever. Yep. So yeah. So she she Stronger she. Stronger the rules. Yeah. I, I was actually there because I was there when they picked out the coffin. I was there because uh, I tried to be as involved as I could be. I was I was I was there when they met with the the cemetery director and all that and she bullied those people into burying him even though he wasn't Catholic. Yeah. Because that's kind of a no-no in Catholicism. Did they, have, did they have like plots next to each other or something though? Oh like, well she bought oh I will get into that. Okay. She okay. bought all the plots right then. Oh. Hmm. 
she she signed the paperwork to say that she bought those plots. She's not paid them off, though. All right. So he has no headstone at this point. At this point in time, she had to make. He's been show, dead though. for since you know almost four years. He's been dead. No, he's been dead for over four years. He has no headstone on his grave because she has <clears throat> not paid off the cemetery plots. And none of us can do a damn thing about it because they will not put a headstone on there until the cemetery plot is paid. Could and you, if could I you say the the could you sue her to get it split and then just have his taken care of? I actually talked to the my lawyer about that, and I talked to the cemetery people about yeah. about that. There and and they're very apologetic, but the thing is, unless she agrees. To sign over his plot to one of us, she can put whatever she the fuck she wants on there if she actually bothers to pay it off. Well, there's. It's essentially like she owns that piece of land. Yeah, but she and, didn't pay anything on it. The, well, she didn't pay it off, but that's that uh, that is their that it that is the cemetery's only recourse is that if you don't pay it off, you're not allowed to put a headstone on it. Like so point them out. So bad. anyway, he has no headstone. Which is horrible. Sorry. And that was kind of getting ahead of the story, but... There's more. The, oh, God, like, there's, there's more. about the Will dividing stuff up. Oh, well, we haven't even got to the viewing, right? Okay. Okay, I talked about... She made the viewing twice as long as you normally would make a viewing, right? And so me and my brothers... And I'm I'm almost 5'11", and my brothers are 6'5 and 6'7". So you know what? We kind of stand out a little bit, right? Yep. Just a little bit, especially when we're standing together. <laughs> and and so we have the viewing, and she's sitting down in the front row, and my brothers and I are standing in a line up next to the casket, and people are coming in, and they're shaking our hands, and they're, you know, telling us stories about my dad, and some great stories about my dad. And, and you know, they all knew you, and then she, yeah. she isolated that from those well, people. Well, yeah, well, the thing is, is that my dad did his residency there. So there were people who knew him for 20 years. And knew you. From there. And knew me when I was, you know, <coughs> when I was 12 years old. Right, and yeah. she probably just tried to split him off to only the... Yeah, she and she, she was expecting that people would come in and, and, like, console her, but she wasn't in a place where anybody could see her. Uh, so... And honestly, nobody gave a shit about her anyway. They all knew my mom from when my dad re did his residency. Yeah. So, so you know, my brothers and I are up there, and she's getting pissed off because nobody's coming in and talking to her. And finally, she gets up with one of her daughters and stands up in the line with us, and then she, people start talking to her. But at one point, at this point, we, we gave her the spot, her and her daughter the spot right next to my dad's coffin. And so I'm, it's like her, her daughter, my two brothers, and me. So I'm down on the <coughs> end. My mom, who had, who had traveled all the way up from Florida to be there, um, had come up to me at one point because it was an extra long viewing, and I had been standing for like three hours straight. My mom came up and said, hey, how are you doing? Are you holding up okay? Um, do you need anything? Do you need any water? You know, that that kind of thing. That was what my mom was doing. She was behaving very well. Uh -huh. But at the same time, people were coming in. They remembered my mother. They didn't know her. 
And so they're like, oh, and so my mom got caught in a couple conversations, and my evil stepmother had a complete <coughs> nipption that I wasn't nipping this shit in the bud and making my mom you, go. You yelled at you? Oh, she did. She totally did. Did she do it in front of everybody? No. Oh. Okay. She sent her daughter after me. Oh, fucking me. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that, that was the viewing. She was pissed off already because I didn't make my mom go sit down when my mom was trying to comfort me. Oh, the horror. Anyway. So, comes to my dad's funeral, which is the next day. God, and it awful. Yes. No, no. I mean, it's like, it, and, and she's got three daughters. So, it's I, a wicked stepmother and her three daughters? Yeah. Shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Your wicked stepsister. Okay. So, we, we come to the actual funeral, which is the next day. And I'd already heard some amazing stories about my dad, and um, <coughs> which was very cool. I, I mean, it's like I appreciate that. And she, we we get to the funeral home, and um, it is where we had the viewing. But she has reserved all the front seats for her, her, her kids, and her grandkids. God damn. And. Couldn't even split the fucking thing down the center. Yeah, no. No, she couldn't even do that. She gave me and my brothers a little couch on the side up near the front. So, my mom, my mom had tried to sit up near us because she wanted to comfort her children at their father's funeral. Oh, the horror. Yeah. And she... Evil stepmom threw a fucking fit and, and sent her daughter, her big bull dyke, and I'm like, I'm sorry to be PC about this, but this girl was like, non-PC, yeah. but yeah, this girl was like 500 pounds, and she was, I don't know any other way to describe her, she was a bull dyke, went after my mother, screaming at the top of her lungs how she disrespected my mom the night before because my mom dared to come up and comfort me during the viewing and screaming. Was telling this is accurate. Yeah. She was wearing jean overalls with a uh, like a, a big oversized t-shirt and one of those hats that rerun the one No hat. Oh. No overalls, but she did have an oversized T-shirt that I think it was gray. At a funeral? Yes. Anyway. Oh my. A anyway, so I'm I'm at this point I'm up at the front too, and and Ken is sitting down with my brothers on this couch because there was only like really room for three people on the couch, and I'm looking at him while the screaming match is going on, screaming, and I'm like. And I'm like, I'm looking at Ken, I'm going, Ken, I'm about to lose it, I'm about to lose it. And he's like, keep looking at me, keep looking at me, keep looking at me. You can get through this, get, keep looking at me. And, and, <clears throat> and no, it's like, I am like bawling because this, this ridiculous Jerry Springer moment is going on at my dad's funeral. And, yeah. and eventually the minister came over and after he talked to everybody, my mom agreed to go sit in the very back row at my dad's funeral. You wanted her out? She wanted her out, rather? Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my evil stepmom was like, she's lucky I even let her know that it was happening. She's lucky that I, you know, you know, just head-waggling. She's horrible. Oh she's my. an evil, nasty, disgusting woman. 
When I talk about there are very few people I hate, I have I hate her. I hate her. I do. I hate her. Yeah. Because my dad did not deserve that. My dad and my mom was actually behaving. My mom did not always behave, but she was behaving. She was respectful. She, she was respectful a lot with him. Yeah. And and, she, and she was just trying to be there for her own children. So fuck you, bitch. Anyway. Um <laughs> so so I'm bawling and I'm looking at him and we kinda of get this compromise and my kids, I love my children, they said, you know what, we're gonna go sit in the back row with grandma. So they sat at the back row at their own grandfather's funeral because she did this shit in front of my children. Yeah. She did this shit in front of my children. And that, to me, that was all the stuff up to then she just did between me and her. And, you know, I was like, I can take it. I'm an adult. But she did that shit in front of my kids? Oh, hell no. Uh Uh-oh. Hell no. And I'm like, nah, you're done, you're done, you're done, you're done. I was like, you don't do that. You don't disrespect my dad like that. You don't disrespect my mom like that in front of my kids. Fuck no. Anyway. I've never never once heard you do that. Really? You just went straight on me. Yeah. I've never. Oh, my. Are there new, new, like, uh, awaiting us? Are we going to go do some uh, West Side Story stuff later or what? (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. But, you are you are a gangster. No, I can Janelle's be. A gangster. I can be. I can be. And, <laughs> she, and, just, she gave a look, just like the the, oh, cocaine, the cocaine. Uh, I had the whole head wet. I had the whole wet head waggle going and everything. She, yeah, but, just, like, but at the end of that, when she said I can be, she gave me this look, like I saw the lady who played the Colombian uh, drug kingpin mm-hmm. uh, give give. You know, it's like it's, she didn't have to do the uh, Scarface thing. Yeah, she was too badass. She just hacked people up with a machete. That was a look you just gave me. Mm. So, yeah, I'm scared, guys. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so my my kids went and sat in the back row with their grandma at their own grandfather's funeral because of that evil woman. And the minister came up to me and he's like, he looked at me because I had to do the eulogy, or a eulogy. And he's like, I'm putting you up first. I'm like, and I'm like, ah. I have no doubt you're you're like Puerto Rican. Like, I, for a while there, I was like, she's probably going to get that <laughs> I mean, she got the ass, but I'm sorry. I just have no doubts now. I just okay. saw you do Rosie Perez without the accent. And I was like, holy shit. It's That's hot, hot. Isn't it? yeah. That's hot. Can you do Rosie Perez? Because if we do that I, together, yeah, like, oh I, my. I need to listen to her accent because I don't have the well, accent. Well, we're going to do some YouTube later. Yeah, okay. Gonna, we're going to do some YouTube some... uh. <laughs> The Rosie Perez voice. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, go ahead. So, <laughs> the minister came up to me after after all that got calmed down. And my mom and my kids are sitting in the back row at my dad's funeral. And... And the minister looked at me, and he, he he's like, I'm putting you up first. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. And he's like, trust me, I'm putting you up first. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, it's like being the eldest child, I, you know, I had done, and I still have it on my phone, just a outline of the eulogy yeah. that I gave him. And I got up there, and I killed it. <laughs> you killed it. I did. <laughs> 
It was a damn good eulogy, and I had everybody in tears and nodding their heads, and and I got done, and I mean, I ended up, and it, it's on Facebook somewhere, and if you're really interested, I can repost it again, because I, I wrote it down later, but, uh, you know, I ended up saying, you know, my dad was like a thousand butterflies, and, because uh, he was, he was that type of person, it's like he would touch just the little thing, and it would change a person's direction, wow. a lot like me, yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying, yeah, and, um, but, Anyway, I got done saying that, and even even evil stepmom looked at me, and she just was shocked because I I don't think she knew who I was. No one does. I don't mean that no one knows who you are, but like no one in that side of the relationship no. has a clue who any of the other people are. That right. I mean, she'd been married my dad for a couple years, and I'm like, oh, a whole nother story is the the whole hissy fit she threw at my wedding, but that's. That that was a few years before, and it's oh. funny as hell. Wait, anyway, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Super nice fit at your wedding. Uh huh. What is it with? You had, you, had a, you had a good wedding. One good wedding. I was a yeah. I'm saying you had one good wedding without I, the issues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. But no, it's good okay. Good that that one was the one without it. It wasn't ours, by the way. But uh. It's good. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think she realized how much like my dad I was. Until that moment, and she looked, you know, when I got done, she looked, she was like, that was beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, I know. She said that to you? She did. She just couldn't believe that that came out of my mouth. And, and, and when the minister came up, he looked, he, he, you know, to introduce the next speaker, and I'm like, I, I put all the rest of them to shame. I ain't gonna lie. That is not an exaggeration. I put all the rest of the people to shame. Did you drop the mic? So, I could have. Yeah. I could have. I hate morbid jokes. I'm just. I could have, and yeah. but he he got out there and he's like, well, you can see the apple didn't even fall off the tree with that one, and I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> you did a West Side gang sign. <laughs> I was like, but uh, yeah, I, I killed it. I really did, and, and and it was a lot of people came up to me afterwards and like that I, was amazing. No one knows how to did. handle death, really. Uh, no one does. Mm -hmm. Everyone at every funeral is always weird. But yeah. My cousin, here, here's examples of, of how my family, some of the good people who are somewhat healthy handled. Mm -hmm. My cousin was going to her dad's funeral. Mm -hmm. It was just like three brothers died within a, like a year each of each other. Mm -hmm. It was like Irish twins in reverse, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, they were the close ones too. Um, and uh, so at, at her father's funeral, she looked around and people had like, we were talking. Rockville, Connecticut. So, if you go to Hot Topic for your funeral wear. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, anyway, she says, it looks like a goth wedding. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and then, um, at my dad's <coughs> wake, <coughs> we were trying to do everything he ever did. Like, his plastic jug of vodka. Yeah. We were drinking that shit. Mm -hmm. It was, like, stinging the back of our face. Like, <laughs> not even our throat. It would, like, the skin yeah. on the back of your face would yeah. sting. And, uh, at one point... Anyway, we were having fun. I won't get into all the stuff we were doing. We were having all dad stuff, which dad died of a drug overdose. But <laughs> so 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 anyway, I was like, we should do this every time dad dies. It was the <laughs> first time I'd seen my brothers together for like ten years. Yeah. And my cousins and stuff, and we had fun. But I, you know, by the way, I'm immune to cocaine totally. <laughs> Not even kidding. Did nothing to me, and I did it right. Oh my God! Just say that. After the funeral, I had a lot of people come up to me, and 
essentially thanking me for what I said because I captured my dad's essence, which is about the best way to honor him that I could, you know? Yeah. And he wasn't perfect, but <coughs> he was a great guy and he had a positive influence on the world. And that's, I don't think you can ask for much more than that, you know? But, uh, yeah, right after my dad died, um, Evil Stepmom started, would text me and my brothers and sign it Mom. She okay. never did that before my dad died, but all of a sudden she's signing Mom to all our texts. No. And I'm like... It's killed in a case almost, like... You know yeah. I mean? And I'm like, okay, okay, bitch, you're like 10 Thanks. years Plenty older hours. than me. How the hell are... I'm like, I already got a mom. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't need that. But she was trying to, like, win me to her side. Yeah. Because when it came to the actual, you know, the will and whatnot, she got all the material stuff. But my dad had an art gallery, and we were supposed to split everything up between me and my brothers and her. And we were supposed to split it up equally. And she tried to take half. And that's why we got a lawyer involved, and it took me two years of arguing over math, essentially, to get her to give us what my dad wanted us do you to have, have. Photographs of all the pictures. Yes, you do. Cool. Yes, that's really cool. Yeah. Are they good resolution? Eh. We can get we can get prints if they were really good. Um. Honestly, we got all but one of the ones that really mattered to us. They were the ones my dad painted while we were growing up. Yeah. There were many... The ones he kept going back to. And... Yeah, there were many that he, he painted after we had already left the house that didn't have such sentimental meaning. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we let her have those because they meant more to her, and that was fine. But the fact that she was trying to take half, because the way the will was laid out was like she was executor. But she just totally ignored the part where we, they were all supposed to be split e equally. That was the part that... I like... Because, I, I, you know, yeah, I yeah, won't yeah, even yeah. get that. Because she was a gold digger. That's why. Ain't nothing but a broke broke. Yep, exactly. Sorry. And And it took two years of arguing in order to get her to give us the paintings that my dad wanted us to have. And we finally, we won. We won. But it was it was me and the lawyers. And, oh my God, the, my lawyer was like, she's insane. It was, it, was, it was funny. I mean, honestly, even her lawyer said she was insane. Really? Oh, yeah. You heard her say that? Not directly, but through my lawyer, yeah. Because her lawyer and my lawyer were friends. And, and my lawyer is <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but. She's nuts, and and um, no, I mean it was it was okay. Like like How mercenary to be a lawyer though. Oh god, you're working with clients you hate, and you're doing it anyway. God. She was she was great. I she did. was she was she was great with me. I'm not talking about your lawyer. Yeah, I'm talking about your stepmother's lawyer hated her probably, mm -hmm. and she did the job, mm -hmm. and still got her too much. Well, no, she she got what she was supposed to get. Okay. So and it was it was her job to calm her down and, and say look I mean because we were we were ready to take her to court if she didn't give us what my dad wanted us to have yeah and we didn't care about 
you know, the house or the cars or anything like that. We didn't give a shit about that. We just wanted the stuff that meant something to us. Wouldn't it have been great if maybe any of the other monetary funds, not all of them, but like she could have gotten more of that because that's all she cared about. Yeah. And then you guys could have gotten all the sentimental stuff. Well, I mean, I, honestly, when my dad died, he had about $60,000 in a 401k, which was split equally between the four of us. So we got we got a little money. And then the actual physical assets, the house and the car and whatnot, she got. But, I mean, she had a mortgage and everything. She couldn't. She, I, she this is how, this? I don't. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Uh, but I will tell you that it's like after, uh, like, th this building that my dad lived in was worth about 100 at the time, was worth about $180,000. She put it up for sale for half a million dollars. Insane. That's how. You said $180 million? Or no. $180,000, rather? Yeah. Versus. $500,000. That's, that's way ridiculous. Yeah. She she had a very warped view of what they had because of what they had because based on the daughters you told me about the one mm -hmm. in particular, I wonder they probably didn't come from much money at all. Yeah, right. She married yeah. rich now all of a sudden, and yeah. now in her mind anyway. Yep. And now everything's like a certain level. Like yeah. Her idea of rich is so skewed and fucked. Yep. That she seemed to think. Yeah. She thought my dad was made of money, and he he really wasn't. Because to her, like he might have been. I mean, he paid over 50% of his income in taxes every year because New York, woohoo. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and he told me that. And I was, you know, I was like, he, he told me that. Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, that sucks. And I mean, being a doctor, you have to have insurance on that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, there's room, but not much. It's like, yeah. if you do well, I guess, or if you, you know, you can yeah. sustain a certain lifestyle, but it's still like, yeah, and it, it, a lot of it is keeping up with the Joneses, too. And then you and pay, because you're the doctor, you're supposed to be a community doctor, you're supposed to have respectability, right? so you have to have that shit mm -hmm. as part of your business, mm -hmm. oddly, because no one will go to a doctor who's living. I mean, hell, I've had some weird psychotherapists and stuff who were living in weird situations, mm -hmm. and I lost, they lost a little credibility even with me, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm like, really? You can't keep your life together, and yet, you know? Right. Whatever. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was long and drawn out and ridiculous, and it was completely avoidable had she been following actually my dad's will, and that's all I was trying to get. That was the only reason we got our lawyers because I wanted. I wanted her <coughs> to follow my dad dad's will, well, and she just refused to. Yeah. She just refused to. And um, it is, uh, my lawyer said this, that it was karma. The bulldike daughter died less than a year after my dad did. I don't know if that's karma. But, but, but it was just, it was she, like. She was just doing what her mom wanted, you know. She was, but I, I was like, but at the same time, it's like, I'm just saying how wrong she rubbed everybody. Yeah. Because now I feel sad because she died. It's she like, did. Know, I mean, she probably had something to her. You know, I mean, even your even the wicked stepmother acknowledged that you did something great. So she had a, a heart there somewhere. Yeah, she's just somewhere. Very... It's just so fucking messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I mean, really, she, is... she must have had a personal relationship with him. She had fondness for him, and she loved him. Yeah. But then she did not care about anything but her her doctor fantasy. 
Oh, you know? oh, 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 well. She didn't want to know about anything else. Let, let, um, She's marrying a doctor. Yeah, a, a little a little aside, but totally related. Um, yeah. Um, you know, um, on funerals, they make those, you know, memory boards. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They wouldn't let me help with that at all, even though I had offered to help with that. And so when because they, she didn't want you breaking her fantasy. Well, okay. When we get to yeah. my dad's, her 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 daughter actually put it all together. When we actually when I actually saw the memory board, the memory board was literally pictures of my dad and her, none of his kids, none of his grandkids. What about like, her kids? Were they in them? No, it was none just, of her kids either. Interesting. But there were several pictures of just her. By herself. And it wasn't even my dad in the picture. Oh and I'm God. like, what the fuck? And and Ken had put together a memory reel for this. This is you definitely, know. I mean, you try to give someone the benefit of the doubt. So yeah. You know, maybe she's a person. Sounds like a total narcissist slash yeah. sociopath. Almost. Yeah. She, uh, Ken had put together a memory then reel again, with uh, photos. In this state, anymore. With, with photos of all of us, you know, you know, and, um. So he put that together for the funeral home, and then Sorry. her daughter had put one together when it was just pictures of her again. <laughs> A memory board of just her. Yeah, it, oh. it was. It was. It was pathetic. What the? F and 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 she put together a GoFundMe page. A GoFundMe page to pay for the funeral. Well, no, okay. No, it was a GoFundMe page that claimed it was for cancer research or something like that, because that's what my dad died of, right? But I said underneath, just deposit it into my bank account. Oh, my God. It was like, oh, <coughs> wow. what the hell, lady? You're nuts. That's all it was, the money, huh? Yeah, it was. That's all God she cared damn. about. That's all she cared about. She was horrible. Maybe she thought that some of his paintings would be worth some money. That's the only reason she wanted any. Yeah. And she thought maybe someday he'd be realized or recognized. Yeah. Or... And he's smart. He has some really amazing stuff in his paintings. Oh, I know. Black light active stuff. Yeah. Like there's a, a cloud scene where there's his... like celestial riders. Yeah. And he got black light effects on that. Yeah. He put black light paint into it. Yeah. No, he. I mean, he was an amazing artist. He was very emotionally attached to his paintings, which is why I never sold any. There's this one painting he has, and if there's any way to put a picture in it, this would be cool. It's in our, it's in the main bathroom. It's yeah. my favorite. It's, yeah. it's like, okay, so lunar colonists, but they, it's obviously American Gothic. Well, not yeah. obviously, but it's like, when I say obviously, it's American Gothic, but as a lunar colony. Yeah. And it's cool. It's really cool. Because he yeah. did the faces so well. He expressed everything about those faces. Yeah, and um, yeah, my dad was he was he was an amazing he was a Renaissance man. He had basketball a little bit player. of a basketball, famous basketball player, famous in Puerto Rico, but doctor, yeah. yes, doctor, artist, artist. Mm -hmm. He was he was a what Renaissance he man. He's a dancer, dance. No, he didn't dance. Picture uh, dance. But I know. wish I could have met her parents because they're crazy and they love me. As long as they didn't hate me. They probably hate me for a while and then eventually be okay. Oh, my mom would have loved you immediately. My dad would have taken a little time. Because I wasn't responsible enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn myself in now, so we'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway. It, but, uh, I'm sorry I interjected with the, the side thing about jokes about her being a narcissist and stuff. 
No, it's she like, was. It's it's. I hate hearing about these people. It's like, why are they still around? Like, have we not bred them out as a species? <coughs> no one likes these people. She's, and yet they have just, this seductive thing to them. She's, she's, she was not a good person. It's almost like they don't have the same soul as us. They're like reptiles. I, it's, I hate this. I'm not, no, it's, it's, a, it's only a half joke. They're, they're, I, they're like not, not mammals. I'm not arguing with you. She was not a good person. And when I found out, I mean, it's like my, my sister-in-law told me some of the things she did while my dad was still in the hospital. Like what? Well, like my dad, when he was in Dana Farb, they were staying with my, <coughs> with, with my brother and his wife. And, uh, and we have a scene. there were, there were, she would go for days without visiting him. They had not. She had nothing else to do there. She didn't even visit him. She just like no. Just sat there and did the the photo ops more or less. When there yeah. were people around, she'd be there. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and and it was like my brother and his wife. They spent a lot more time with it her. Hurts me. <laughs> they spent a lot more time with them than I did because they lived so much closer. And I'm like, they hated her. And and when when my dad died, my my brother actually god. came into the house and and took some of the. The photos and stuff like that that he could grab because he knew she wouldn't give them to us because like she kept all my dad's like sports memorabilia and all that stuff she kept it all it means nothing to her but she kept it all yeah it's all the stuff we grew up with and she kept it all because she is such a bitch she's a horrible evil person and months later yeah because when I found out her daughter died, I actually tried to express sympathy to her other daughters because I had no issues with them. I really didn't. And I still don't. And, and all of the whole family had blocked me on, on, on Facebook, so I had no way to contact them. I'm like, all right, whatever. And uh, But I tried. I did try. <laughs> but then she emails BJ trying to get sympathy with her. You can ask BJ about this. Why'd she email BJ? Because, I don't know, she had to talk to me How'd about something. Know BJ's because we were Facebook friends. Uh, and she had met BJ before. Okay, then. Yeah. God. Yeah. I'll tell you a shitty story about my family. And, 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 and BJ's like, um, I just got contacted by your, you know, your stepmother. And I was like, I, I put a generic Facebook post up there is like if anybody hears from my stepmother I am because I didn't put any of that shit on Facebook because I'm not that type of person right I was like um just know that um we're not in contact please ignore it I mean that's all I put yeah you know I was just like <coughs> I was just like what the hell and I'm like if she you know really wants to contact me she has my phone number Right. It's not like I've blocked her. I haven't blocked her from shit. Oh, God. You know, if she they really... They always attack from the side. Yeah. The, the super narcissists will always get to go between because yeah. that way they have plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. Whatever they tell their person to say doesn't work. They're like, I never said that. And, and then... And that's why she had her daughter kick me out. Mm. It's because she couldn't do it directly. And which is why I called her on it because I looked at her in the face and I said, "You're kicking me out of my dad's oh, house." Oh, you know what? How many people were around when she told you it was a beautiful speech? You see what I'm saying? Oh no, no, no! I mean, that was that was a directly private to you. That no, that was 
she was sitting in the front row and I had spoke and as I was walking away she said that because she was in shock Are you sh okay here's the thing too yeah how many people heard her say that I don't know everybody right I, I don't know. She didn't say it that loud, but it I could have been just loud enough to carry after the pin drop. You yeah. know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been just like that. Someone like that is probably sitting there watching the crowd. She's like, how do I win these people over? Yeah. And it didn't work. Right. I mean, honestly, all my dad's, God, all my care. dad's friends hate I her. I hate having to, like. And my dad was an amazing person. He had people right. flying up from Puerto Rico. Just to attend his I'm funeral. Gonna, I'm going to tell you my bullshit story after this. Okay. I have bullshit family, too. So I have a cousin, and I will not mention names, but everybody in my family knows who that is. She lived with my grandmother, with her boyfriend, who was a meth head, I think. Some kind of serious drug addict where you needed the shit all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so they were stealing. They were taking care of my grandparents while they were both sick. And they were, mm -hmm. like, bedridden, mostly. And they're trying to do hospice, but my... Um, this cousin ended up getting some kind of certificate that let her do it. Mm -hmm. And um, so she was doing it and she was living there and running, you know, all over the place in their car with their money and buying all their groceries, but the way they wanted to, you know, and just everything. Turned out she was stealing jewelry and pawning it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is the kind of person, I'm giving background on the person. Yeah. So then uh, everyone in the family turned against her and I'm like, yeah, yeah. But some bad stuff has happened to her and certain people in our family, like one guy, had done some things and uh, she's been through a lot I mean her her brother ended up um, doing something to their kids mm. or to her kids rather mm. when he was babysitting and he was uh, is mentally disabled yeah doesn't see himself as an adult but he's an adult mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff and uh, anyway bad bad life kind of mostly except that her dad was freaking awesome dad maybe wasn't there enough or wasn't um, a disciplinarian Mm -hmm. Mom was a disciplinarian, and she didn't handle it well. She 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 basically like uh, punished, never rewarded, you know, mm. only punished. And uh, there's never like you did well on this, you did this. It's like never do this, don't do that, don't touch yeah. this, don't do only don'ts, only knows. Mm -hmm. Sweet lady though, oddly, like with me, she'd always give me like cook cookies, cupcakes, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Took care of me, but with her kids, she was terrible. Huh. Like, I hate to say, you know, whatever. Uh, my my uh, my uncle was a sweetheart, like you know, a manager at Pratt and Whitney, but he never went to college and didn't finish high school. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Like, but he was brilliant with people, so they let him do a lot of people stuff. Mm -hmm. and he builds stuff, you know. Um, so that anyway, uh, so she was a pariah for a while. I think she even went to jail. I think all her kids have been taken away, and they all have different dads. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every single one, except some come back when they're old enough to come back. Yeah. You know, she's got this this same energy her dad had. And honestly, the same similar energy to what you have. Except taken in a really messed up way. Yeah. You have this attractive yeah. light that people want to be around. So does my uncle. And so mm -hmm. does his daughter and her brother. One mm -hmm. of her brothers who didn't go to jail. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, so anyway. So uh, she was one of the only people. She didn't offer to. Well, actually, she did. Now that I think about it. But she didn't know until it was too late and I had a place to stay. She tried to get me to move in with her because she knew I was getting a little bit of income, you know, a little bit. Um, and she wanted me to move in with her. But, um, and all of a sudden, she's my best friend. She's taking me around the neighborhood, and she has, like, credit with every bodega. Mm -hmm. You don't get credit with a bodega. Yeah. Like, you don't. And there's so many sob stories, right? How the hell do you do it? So, anyway. There were always been rumors that she was into making money 
certain ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, she bought me a few things, and I always, she knows I always paid back, like, three times whatever I borrowed. You know? So it was a little calculated, but she bought it on credit, and by the time she had to pay credit, I paid her, like, three times as much, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and all this... Uh, but the thing is, she took me to see my grandmother. Every time I went to see her, we'd go see my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I just realized when we were talking, you were talking about the performative stuff, the photo op stuff. Yeah. One thing is that she said whenever our family comes, because they have a little sh- schism mainly because of her, mm-hmm. you know, because some people have to side with her who were in her family. And yeah. So they're out of the family in a way, but they're they're a separate part of yeah. the family. It used to be uncle, that uncle was, the I caught myself. That uncle was the favorite uncle. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved that uncle. No one did. Yeah. So now he's like, that whole part of the family is like calved off into a separate thing. Um, but she's like, when our family comes to see grandma, we always sign this thing. There's like a board with signatures. Thing is, I just realized they were all the same shade of blue almost. So it was like the same pen the same day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I get a little, I have weird memory. Like, I do remember, like, I've, somewhere in my brain is almost everything I ever saw, I think. Because yeah. sometimes I see stuff because I was able to handle it emotionally, I see. Mm-hmm. So I think I have a really good memory. I just don't know. I have blocks. Because, like I said, you throw numbers at me, I get it weird. Yeah. But I just saw the board again. It was all blue. Like, same damn thick blue. Yeah. Like, you don't always have the same damn pen. Yeah. Right. And if you have a pen, you know? Yeah. It's like, no. They didn't have, like, a hospital pen or anything. Anyway, whatever. Sorry, that's that. Uh, so that's that's the story about her. Is like she was she was like that. She always wants to look good for everybody. She's the one who fell for the Nigerian prince. Oh yeah. Yet she's a scammer. She was the one who's always telling me that she's waiting for her um, lawsuits, like a lawsuit to come in. It's slip and fall. She she did with her boyfriend. Like you know what I mean? Ah. Like they did it in a hot, in the freaking uh, parking lot of a um, supermarket. So there was no one directly there to see it. Apparently, no cameras at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was enough that someone caught her. Oh, you're you okay? No, I flipped on this whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's her, and she's like that. And uh, I don't know. Oh, how she got her apartment. This this is the last bit, I guess. She got together with a man who was bedridden. Mm-hmm. A big man, bedridden man. And see what I'm saying? Like same kind of moving on up kind of situation. He had a government subsidized apartment. Mm-hmm. And because he had um, home health, he had to be at home all the time, he had a lot of aspen- expensive medical equipment. Right. handy. Right. And she's a seller shit. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, she sells medicine. She'd do all this shit. She lived in his house. Mm-hmm. Not a great neighborhood. It's like Candyland's the, the manager. Mm-hmm. Candyman, you know. Mm-hmm. He's the manager. But, um, anyway, it's a creepy place, but it's a big apartment. And mm-hmm. he died. She didn't tell the landlord. And she stayed there. <laughs> they kept paying it temporarily until they figured out whatever happened. Yeah. You know? But then the, the management didn't get back to her for six months, even after they knew, because they don't deal with their people. Mm-hmm. There's no one there. And so she has been she was living there us I knew. And the place was piled up with all these weird boxes of, like, acquisitions from, you know, sides of roads to sell and shit like that, you know? Like, little uh, toys and shit that yeah. she, she's like, I'm going to sell that. <laughs> like... Anyway, so that's the same person, except she didn't marry a doctor yet. Yeah. And she never will, by the way, because the way she treats herself, she's, she didn't take care of herself. <laughs> I'll just say that. 
She's not getting a doctor. Yeah, a week after my dad <laughs> died, my my evil stepmom was on The Price is Right with some of her friends. Oh, God, yeah. And there were pictures. Your mom or stepmom. Yeah, there were pictures of her. They were all wearing T-shirts that said, what did they say? It was it was like uh, something like in honor of Joe Pacheco or something like that. It was, but there were T-shirts that they, you know, it wasn't exactly that. Do you have the footage anywhere? Like, oh, it's on Facebook. It? It's, I bet you can mail to the Price of Right, and they might even sell it to you. There might be like a page to be like, hey, yeah. was your family ever on the Price of Right? Yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was. It was like she had made up T-shirts before he passed away. Um, and that's, that's what they were wearing. I think I probably have the t-shirt somewhere, but it was just, it was so tacky. Wait, before it passed away, she had the t-shirts made? Yeah, and I don't think what? it, I don't think it, it, it said in honor of, it was, it was something like that. It was like four, yeah. four. Yeah, it was like, uh, basketball number on them? No. Nothing. No, it was just, it was, oh, yeah. it had, yeah. This is, this is, this is messed up. She I knew, know. She knew she was gonna. Oh die. well, I mean, I was like, after it was several months after after he passed away, she put a an article in the in the local newspaper about honoring his life, and it, and it's like you find this article and it's disgusting because it, I mean, it kind of honors him, and it interviews my uncle, my dad's brother. Okay, the one she could talk to, probably. The one she could talk to, right? Yeah. And And her kids and her grandkids and her, but there is like, there's like one line that mentions that he has other kids and grandkids that are actually his, and we didn't even know the article was coming out until after it was already published. Yeah. And I actually called the newspaper up, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And and the lady's like, well, we, you know, we get all the contacts from the spouse. She purposely left left all of us out of this article that was supposed to be honoring my dad. Yeah. And if you knew my dad, you knew he was so proud of his kids. He was so proud of his grandkids. He used, he called Dan, Daniel Danny Boy. He was the yeah. only one. He was the blue or, or Daniel or Daniel Blue Eyes. Yeah. You, you know I'm. And and he was the only one who could call Daniel Danny, and and it's like he was so proud of his kids and his grandkids, and she totally ignored that. It was a disgusting article, and I wrote an op-ed to the newspaper saying this is what you did, and of course they didn't print it, but but I you know I let them know, and that's actually what I put on Facebook was a response to that article because yeah. it was so gross and it was it was gross because yeah. i was like the first half of it was okay it was kind of like telling about my dad's life and stuff like that the second half was like and then he met the love of his it was like a romance novel that she wrote that she wrote and it was yeah. it was it was oh, oh wow yeah God. that was how she honored my dad was by completely pretending that the rest of us didn't exist and um like yeah my dad would not have been happy with that right. at all. And so yeah. any any karma she gets is like... Right, but not the daughter. I mean, Well, no, I'm not talking about yeah. the daughter, but any karma she gets, I'm just like, I'm sorry. It's like if my dad's on the other side pushing buttons, he's pushing buttons against her yeah. for doing that shit because he would not... He would have been so embarrassed 
and angry at her treating us like that. And, and, and I mean, that's, that's just the honest to God truth. I mean, so, mm, anyway. Yeah, shitty people suck. But, I mean, but the article's the thing comical. Is, the thing is, he had to see her, no? Well, I think he How did. How did he not see her? I think he did. But he did. He was a very insightful person. In some ways. But, I mean, it's like he never... He was living a little bit on the edge of reality sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I get that, I guess. Actually, more than I guess, but you know what I mean. I, I found the article. Okay. Yeah, how about... Why don't you... You know how you sometimes you'll set me up to do something, like read something? Yeah. How about you do that this time? Okay. I've read this too, and I'll reread it when we're done. Yeah. But I have to go to the bathroom, and that way we don't stop it. Yeah. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay. This is the article that was printed in the paper, in the Binghamton paper. And it's entitled, Dr. Jose Pacheco of Binghamton led a big, in quotes, life. Every aspect of Dr. Joe Jose Manuel Pacheco loomed larger than life. Before succumbing to illness on March 19th at the age of 66, his six foot three, 200 plus pound figure dominated every room he entered. He was, in fact, a big man. He, his affecting presence on the basketball court won him a scholarship to the University of New Haven, where he won a place in his Hall of Fame. The Dallas Cowboys scouted him, though he never played high school or college football. Instead, he opted to play professional basketball in his ancestral homeland, Puerto Rico, which gave him a chance to play in the years that year's Pan Am Games before knee injury, injuries sidelined him permanently. He once played against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and blocked him, said wife. Beep. He was so proud to tell that story over and over again. All that's true. Then he became a doctor, and his patient served in his pulmonary practice at Lourdes Hospital hospital attests that he was a wide breadth of medical skills and an, e and an even bigger heart. As an accomplished artist, his bright canvases burst from the walls of the Pacheco Gallery on Front Street in Binghamton. A few short years ago, he married... Beep. Okay, all that's true up to then, all right? A few short years ago, he married... Beep. The, the, the and their ongoing romance and getaways following the New York Mets all over the country and others, was the stuff of best-selling novels. And now, Dr. Jose Manuel Pacheco has passed. There's no denying that his death left an enormous hole in many people's lives. Joe, only beep, and her children called him by his given name, she said, was born in the Bronx and grew up with three half-siblings in a poor environment. He palled around with the kids whose lives were more abundantly blessed than his own, and he'd hear them talk about going to college. If they can go to college, so can I, he told himself. If others could be stars on the basketball court, so could he. He f fulfilled both those youthful ambitions. If he put his mind to do s to something, he said he could do it. And said he'd do it. He, he did it. That was nearly always true. He started his college aiming for a career in marine biology, only to discover he couldn't stand to be on the water. Okay, that's true. That's when he recharted his course and aimed to be a great pulmonologist. 
that's not true. Huh. Um, yeah, he didn't even think about med school until after he'd already been a teacher of sciences in college in Puerto Rico. And my mom filled out the medical school applications for him. But, no, okay, we'll ignore that. Anyway, um, yeah. he hit the objective square, to, square on to, said many of his patients. And he was a great doctor. In late December 2011, uh, Robert McTire's heart stopped, and Joe was part of the medical team that saved his life. Robert attributed the incident to his having smoked for over 50 years, and when he was ready to leave the hospital, Joe asked if Robert wanted him to be his pulmonary doctor. Robert said yes. He asked me outright, are you going to go back to smoking, said Robert, who lives in Endicott. Robert said no, and Joe replied, then I will be your doctor. Dr. Pu Pacheco never pulled any punches, Robert said. He let you know the score. You had to do your part. Robert Mott of Lysol had dealt with a condition called sarcoidosis for years, and Joe became her pulmonologist. Once he went on vacation and she became ill enough to land in the hospital. At her next appointment with him, she held up a sign saying he would not go on vacation ever again until he left her his phone number. We got a couple laughs over it, but for the next two years, he would call me to let me know that he was going on vacation and to see how I was doing and if I needed him to see if, if I needed to see him before he left, she said. That was the kind of doctor my dad was. When he returned from medical conferences, he would tell her the new information he learned on sarcoidosis. sarcoidosis. Dr. P was a kind, caring, compassionate man, Barbara said, and she misses him dearly. Respiratory therapist Olin Searle of Endicott knew Joe for 18 years, both as a colleague and a friend. His laugh was large, his smile was large, she said. His humanity was tremendous. Um, a friend of Beep. told her about Joe, but, but at the time Beep. wanted nothing to do with entering any sort of relationship. The two friends did go to Joe's gallery opening on Monday, though. And Katie quickly changed her mind. Joe invited her to have lunch with him on Wednesday and then called on Monday night to ask if they could do it sooner. That first date at Olive Garden never ended, she said. <laughs> he had told his son that the woman of his dream was going to walk through the gallery door. And Beep. his arrival did indeed fulfill that prophecy, she said, quoting her husband. The prophecy. Joe, Joe proposed to her on one knee six she months promised. later. And referred to her as his mail order bride because he had put in his order for her to come through the door into his life. Okay, that's not true, but whatever. They married hey. on 9, 10, 11. A date Joe's, Joe chose so he'd never forget their anniversary. That part's true. Um, what, we, what we had was precious. Beep. He said, he said I made him the happiest it ever been. As their travel agent, Marcia, Marcia Schultz of Endwell, knew the couple well. He wanted only the best for his family and valued the time spent with each of them, especially his beloved Beep, she said. It, they had a true love story. You know, if that was actually true, we would have been interviewed for this damn article. But apparently family doesn't count his own children and his grandchildren, according to Beep. Anyway. Um, Shit. He often she would, she would cause a problem. You gotta bleep her. Ooh! You gotta bleep her. Bleep her name. Oh, yeah, I gotta bleep her name. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm reading the article because they have to beep in it. I hadn't yeah, yeah. set it up till then. Gotcha. But, you know. So we gotta remember to bleep that. Yeah. She often grasped. Well, I mean, anybody can find this on the internet, but she often. Yeah, but we didn't yeah. do it. 
Joe often grasped the what he deemed an inordinate number of purses. Beep. Owned, but when she commented about how much she liked her friend's orange handbag, George, Joe heard her and brought her an orange purse through that sale Lord's Hospital hosted. His gallery is appointed with special gifts that she bought him too, often from the store that can capture her attention for hours. Good homes in Vestal. I don't even know what that means. So, so no, hold on. Let's analyze this for a minute. She talks about all the possessions, all the, the money things. Like, the, they have a personal travel agent. Right. Like, all this shit. Yeah. That's all she gets yeah, yeah, shit about. I'm, She's mentioned the gallery a million times because that's high society in a way. Yeah, you know, I like, mean, the first half of the article I'm actually <coughs> down with and is, is like, oh, true. But, like, the rest of the article is, like, this weird romance novel that she's written. Right. Joe would often grace her with fresh flowers, and even now, long after his death, she's still receiving items he overed when he was still strong enough. Wow. Around her neck, she wears his gold chain, chain with his gold wedding band dangling from it. As his condition worsened and he lost weight, the ring no longer staying on his finger. Put this on around your neck, he told her. The ring is very important to me. That would be one of his last sentences. And then the title's oh Family Man. Well, in Puerto Rico, Joe's three children. This is this is our one mention here. Joe's three children were born. Janelle Rathliff lives in Pickens, South Carolina, Jose Pacheco and near Boston, Massachusetts, and Nicholas Pacheco and Vestal. Joe was a father figure. That's that's our only mention right there. That that mm-hmm. little blurb. Okay. Joe's fa- Joe was a father figure to Beep. three children and their kids, and he was as he was to his own three and their little ones. Jose made you feel loved when you walked into a room sick Beep. daughter who followed her stepfather into the medical field with his encouragement. I remember one day telling him how my stethoscope was giving me trouble. Without hesitation, Jose went into the other room and came back with one of his best stethoscopes and not only gave it to me, but showed me how to use it. He was equally generous with good friends. He went to a championship game in New Orleans at the invitation of his best friend and fellow physician Rick Barron of Vestal. And Rick Hayes. Rick Hayes. Huh? Rick Hayes. Rick Rick Barron. Okay. And yeah, he he's not a fan of her. Anyway. Oh Rick hates her. Gotcha. I yeah. You were saying I'm that. sorry, that's not in the article. I was just saying that as an aside. Um, They waited for the team to come to the hotel, and when Carmelo Anthony got off the bus, he flicked a headband into the crown just as the magazine photographer snapped what would become a cover photo. photo. Uh, Joe caught the headband. This is true. It was was when the Syracuse uh, basketball team won the national championship. Oh, because... And they were at the game, and my dad caught the handband... The headband and of the star there player. Was an interest, there was an interest piece there yeah. that he... Did they write an article about him? I don't know, I, but he made a... It, one of his paintings was actually of that, and he gave the headband to Rick because gotcha. Rick was his best friend. But gotcha. my dad was actually the one who caught it. Right. So it was okay. kind of cool. Um, dad caught the headband and later gave it to Rick along with a framed copy of the magazine cover. Tom Lamphier got to know Joe through their church. Um, Sarah Jane Johnson, United Methodist... In Johnson City, and Tom ran the softball and basketball teams, and Joe joined both. That's true. Little did I know the athlete we were going, we were getting, said Tom, who lived in Johnson City. His nickname is Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico was El Lenidor, which means the lumberjack. And when he went up for a rebound, all the other players fell like trees. That's, that's true. Tom 
coached and played on the SJJ team for 25 years, and the only basketball championship they ever won was when Joe led the team to victory. Also true. Mm. I've never played with anyone who had who was a fiercer competitor who hated to lose more than Joe. Oh, also true. So that's where. <laughs> and, and even with bad knees, he couldn't be stopped under the bas under the basket. And when he was fouled, he rarely missed a foul shot. Mm. Joe's half brother uh, Bob Sh- Sanchez lives in in New Jersey, and he he offered the words succinctly summed up by the man many called larger than life. My brother Joe was the best man I ever knew. For 60 years of my life, I learned a lot from him. He can never be replaced, so there is only one word for him, and that is irreplaceable. Beep. He continues to write out her grief on Legacy.com, condolences page associated with his obituary in PressConnects.com. She can't talk about Joe without tears spilling down her cheeks, even when laughing about the about grandson's deep recollection of when Joe watched a sports game on TV and the whole neighborhood could hear it and his go, go, go to cheer the team on. The problem with having a man like uh, Dr. Jose Manuel, Manuel Pacheco so big in your life is how much it hurts when he is gone. But even the pain she's feeling now was worth it to have him in her life. She and many, other cher- many others cherish every minute that she's had with a larger-than-life man. That's the whole article. That's a long-ass obituary, I hate to say. That's not an obituary. That was okay. an article she submitted to the paper. It was write? May 8th, yeah. May okay. 8th of 2015, so that was a couple months after he passed away. It's not an obituary. Okay. She, she submitted to that to the paper okay. to have that published. And you can see over half the article is about her. Right. That's what I was saying. I thought it was an obituary. No, no, the obituary I wrote. That's, I mean, it's 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 almost more tasteful to just get to the main events with an obituary, of course. Yeah. Like my dad's is right here. It's only about, I think the equivalent about two long paragraphs. Yeah. That's it. I no, I I wrote my dad's obituary. Yeah. And and it was a lot more fair to the rest of the, his actual family, his blood family. That was completely ignored in this article. Did you mention them in in yours? Yeah, I mentioned everybody who was, you know, survived. It was a survived by thing. It wasn't like a... Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I was just double-checking, like... Yeah. Where would she see a slight, you know? Like, other than the fact that she had her dream dream world and she didn't want anyone else in it. Yeah, no, I mean, that was... Uh, But, I mean, it's like, she had that published. She didn't even tell me or my brothers that that was being published. She didn't even tell us. It just so happened that my sister-in-law was Googling my dad and found it. That's the only reason we knew about it. We didn't even know it was published. I mean, that's how much of a bitch she was. It's just... And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like, she can take... She can take my dad's name. She can take all his stuff. She can take all his memorabilia. But you know what? We got his genes. And it's like, if she thinks that she's, you know... A Pacheco? Ha, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> she ain't got nothing on us. Yeah. I don't have that kind of connection in my family. Anyone could take my name if they wanted it. Like, you know. Oh, thanks. No, what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know. You want my name? Take it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wouldn't change my name because there's some good connections to it. But in general, it's like there's nothing there with my family. Like, yeah. 
there's nothing worth saving and nothing worth salvaging. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it like that. No, I get that. But it's like, you couldn't hurt us. Yeah. Oh, you're turning it off? No. Oh, no, I'm going to pause it then. Okay. I I can't just rant on that first. Okay. Um, But my point, I'll pause it in a minute. I just, I do it on to get this last part. Okay, you do do it. it when you come back. Um, Well, it's like, there's no culture, you know, family culture with my family, except for like, lawsuits and like, jail and parties in the yard. There's supposed to be a birthday party that have weed at them. Um, and I'm not, like, looking down on them because um, I don't even know them, you know. They're just people who I briefly try to connect to at times, and they never reciprocated, and I guess that's okay. So that's pretty much that with my family. It's like there's blood to me isn't, isn't family. But I don't know. That's all I have on that for now. Now, half of me wonders, I just came back, half of me wonders if my family will, like, someday hear this. And if they do, it's probably because I'm already successful and they just want to know what they can get from me. Um, so, yeah, that's where I am on that. There's almost no way anyone in my family would ever listen to this. Uh, because they don't give a shit about me. You know what I mean? Whatever I'm doing, they don't care about. So, let me do my thing that they don't even understand. When it comes to like writing a book, they can't even read a book. And they used to, you know, they used to get on me because I was a smart kid. And they used to claim that I thought I was better than them, and I didn't. But they proved that true in a bad way. And I don't mean smarter. I don't mean whatever. What I mean is a better person because I actually give a shit about people. And my family has only ever given a shit about their individual selves and whoever they're collaborating with, which means their local neighbors, which means their siblings sometimes but sometimes not. Backstabbers, thieves, fucking uh, cheats, con artists, like the smart ones are con artists. The bad ones are just bad con artists. There's no one worth anything in my family except for a couple people. Uh, My brother David. My brother Chris has some hope. He's a good person. He's just broken by my fucking family. And he's a good person. My brother Mark can be a good person. My brothers in general. Um, some of my cousins, truly. My cousin Jenny's pretty cool. Um, his their, their family is actually pretty cool. They're straight, straight shooters. And, and that part of the family, sure. Uh, there's another part of my family that broke away a little bit because of other things, and they're not part of this. But there's this whole cluster of people that are just pure negativity. And I'm not talking about... Even though, even in family lines, like siblings, it's across family lines in, within the family. There's just the majority of my people, my family, are not good people. So that's why I said the only way they'll ever listen to this is if I'm already successful. So, fine. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, to wrap this up, this was my response to the newspaper, the full response. And I actually submitted a shorter response in the hopes that they would... Uh, publish this to that article and um, I posted this on Facebook on June 20th 2015 this is for my dad an article ran in the local paper about my dad I submitted this letter in response as of this time the newspaper has not published this nor the 200 word edit I resubmitted letter to the editor editor it is unfortunate that my brothers and I were not given the opportunity to contribute to the article you ran on our father entitled Dr. Jose Bingham 
Pacheco of Binghamton led a big life that ran on May 8, 2015. My dad would have been very disappointed and upset that we were not even <coughs> informed that this article was published. He loved his kids and his six grandkids dearly. We were the subject and inspiration of many of his paintings, and, ex and excluding us shows a clear lack of respect for my dad. We all would have liked to have said something in honor of his memory. So for Father's Day, and on behalf of me and my brothers and all of our kids, I'm going to attempt to write up the speech that I gave at my dad's funeral. For those who were there, this will not be exactly the same. I had an outline I used, but I did not write up the entire speech at the time. During the visitation, I heard a story from one of my father's teammates from the New Haven basketball team, and I would like to share this story with you all. Back then, it was customary for athletes to try out for college teams. My dad had gone to tryouts with eight other players. He wasn't that good. He was more awkward than anything else, but he got out there and gave it his best shot. At the end of the practice, all the players, of all the players trying out, he was the only one that went up to the coach and thanked him for the opportunity. That thank you got the coach's attention. That thank you convinced the coach that he could work with my dad and make him a great player. That thank you opened up the door for my dad to go on to college and play on a basketball scholarship and eventually um, to convert it to an academic scholarship. That simple thank you led to all the many and wondrous accomplishments of my dad in his adult life. So in this spirit, I would like to thank you, Dad. Thank you for your courage. My dad was never afraid of a challenge. He was always willing to stand up for what was right, even if it was the hard thing to do. He was willing to speak up for those who wouldn't or couldn't speak for themselves. Thank you for your humor. My dad was very witty. I've been told that I have that quality too. Growing, growing up, we used to play off, off each other. It drove my mother nuts. I remember being in Puerto Rico and my mom had bought some, me some earrings that were carved out of wood in, in the shape of fish. I looked at them and said, thanks. With these, I'll never get lost. Not skipping a beat, my dad pipes in, that's right. The tail always points north. And we all laughed. My dad had the most contagious laugh, and it could fill the room. Thank you for, my, for your strength. No matter what was happening in my life, my dad was always there as a pillar of sanity for me. People leaned on him because they knew he would be there. He was the rock for so many. Thank you for your compassion. There's really not enough I could ever say about this. The many patients over the years that have put their trust in my dad and the outpouring of support from so many people whose lives he touched has been phenomenal. And thank you for your love. When I was a senior in high school, I fell in love with a prom dress displayed in a boutique in town. The dress was $400. My parents made me a deal that if I'd come up with half the money, they would pay the rest. I, I babysat, I washed windows, I did all kinds of odd jobs to save up for the money. When I finally got it together, I called the store. The dress had been sold that morning. I was heartbroken, devastated, in fact. That evening, my dad comes home from work and hands me a box. It was the dress. He had bought it that morning for me to surprise me. Thank you for your fabulously good-looking look jeans. I look like you. My brothers yeah. look like you. All our kids look like you. Those Pacheco jeans are some really strong jeans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Family dinners often consisted of discussing science and nature. One of the things we would talk about is, is a phenomena that is part of the chaos theory. It's called the butterfly effect. It's the idea that a butterfly flapping its wings in South America could cause a chain reaction that could lead to a tornado being formed in Kansas. 
Much like that thank you so many years ago that led to so many accomplishments. My dad touched money so many lives. His power and his presence made a difference to so many people. It would be impossible to list, to list them all. So when I think of my dad and how I would describe him and what he meant to us, this is what I would say. My dad, he was a thousand butterflies. And then I go on to say happy Father's Day. And we love you and miss you terribly. Um, Janelle Ratliff, on behalf of myself and my, and my husband, Ken, at the time, uh, my brothers, Jose and Nick, and their wives, Amber and Jen, and our children, Daniel, Kyla, Alex, Chael, Izzy, and Tila. The end. That's great. Yeah. I, I did my dad's eulogy and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, I didn't know how to write it. I didn't know how I, to write that either. The only thing I had was that, you know, the, my brothers got different traits from my father. Yeah. Like the art and the music and, like, actually no one's musical. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever. You know, it's funny. It's like I still have the outline I put on my phone. It is like, yeah. it literally, this is the outline. I'll read the outline now. It's introduce yourself. Thank you, Story, for your courage. Your humor, your strength, your compassion, your love, your fabulously good-looking genes. Mention grandkids, butterfly effect. <laughs> That's the whole outline. <laughs> and I've got it on my own phone. <laughs> that was, that's what I had in front of me when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You yeah. spoke right from the heart. Yeah. And, 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 and so, I mean, that was the best response I could give to that horrible article. <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been through a lot. And that's it, folks. That is the story of my evil stepmother. Now, we actually ended up recording another hour after this where uh, Scott had a real interesting um, event that uh, from his past came to surface that he didn't remember before, so it's kind of fascinating. Um, so I'm going to post that, too. Also, if you'll check out our Facebook page, it's Love and Madness Podcast. Um, you should be able to find us, and we're going to post a pic of uh, my dad's painting that uh, Scott was talking about in the episode. Hope you all have enjoyed this, and we will talk to you next time.